We have Rookies of the Year. Outfielder Michael Harris of the Atlanta Braves won it for the National League. And outfielder Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners won it for the American League. Let's look at how the voting shook out in the National and American League. And then think about who might be the favorites for Rookie of the Year in 2023. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as we've talked about all season, American League Rookie of the Year, National League Rookie of the Year kind of stratified itself rather quickly. Uh, American League Rookie of the Year was Seattle Mariners outfielder Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Fantastic year, debuted on opening day was the favorite to win this award practically wire to wire, but finished the year with 132 games in the bigs, 284, 345, 509, 28 home runs, 56 extra base hits, 40 walks to 145 strikeouts, was 25 of 32 on stolen bases. So ended up accumulating 6.2 war uh, and had an OPS plus of 147. And Julio Rodriguez absolutely came in and helped carry this team, not only with his legs on the base paths, not only with his bat offensively, but playing plus defense in center field and really giving the Mariners a steady presence in the lineup. Of the 30 votes that were cast, uh, he received 29 of 30 first place votes. He got one second place vote and no third place votes. Uh, that that person who got the first, that person who got the only second place vote was Baltimore Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, who came in second. He got 18 second place votes, nine third place votes, and one vote for number one. Debuted the only person in the American League on this ballot that didn't debut on opening day. You'll remember he had a triceps injury, delayed him a little bit. Didn't come up until May 21st. Still played in 113 total games in the bigs. Stat line of 254, 362, 445. 13 home runs, 49 extra base hits. And now the Rutschman had a ton of doubles in 2022. Uh, 65 walks to 86 strikeouts and was 4-4 on stolen bases, although he wasn't here to steal bases. So in the season with 5.2 war and a 128 OPS plus, which 128 OPS plus, you'll absolutely take that from a catcher. That is significantly above average performance for a catcher. And a lot of this doesn't necessarily account for the off the field stuff, right? Being able to lead a pitching staff, uh, provide that stabilizing presence behind the plate. Obviously, none of these guys have a lot of their off the field stuff taken in, but catchers still have quite a bit that we can't adequately measure with statistics when it comes to the quality of game calling, managing a staff, settling down your pitchers, planning for opposing hitters. And from all reports that we got through the season, Adley Rutschman was a fantastic receiver and somebody that pitchers were comfortable throwing to and did well, actually pitched better when they were pitching to Adley Rutschman. So makes perfect sense. He comes in number two here. Find it hard to dispute that. 
your number th- your your third place finisher for American League Rookie of the Year was Guardians outfielder Stephen Kwan. He's a short king, 5'9", but debuted on opening day, 147 games in the bigs. Played mostly corner outfield, kind of settled into left field later in the season and really kind of made it his own. 298, 373, 400 slash line. Six home runs, 38 extra base hits. Power's not a huge component of his game, but what Stephen Kwan does give you 62 walks to 60 strikeouts. So uh, walking more than he strikes out and just making quality contact, getting the ball in play, getting on base. Was 19 to 24 on stolen bases. Again, gave you good defense in left field. Versatility to play right as well. Could probably get it done in center if you ask. I don't think he spent a lot of time there. And I don't have Stephen Kwan on my team to play center field. He got He played in it seven games During the season, he spent time in center field, but he's really here for left and right. Uh, Ended up with 5.5 war and an OPS plus of 124. Uh, Hard to argue with Stephen Kwan being number three. Again, 10 second place votes, 14 third place votes. I absolutely get it. Uh, There are some people asking about the votes here for numbers four and five. Okay, So your number four, your fourth place finisher in the rookie of the year voting in the American League was. Kansas City Royals infielder Bobby Witt Jr. Debuted on opening day, just like almost everybody else on this list. And in 150 games, 254, 294, 428. 20 home runs, 57 extra base hits, 30 walks to 135 strikeouts, 30 of 37 on stolen bases. So 0.8 war and 102 OPS plus. And before I dive into this, I'm going to give you number five, and we're going to talk about these guys together. Your fifth place finisher was Astros shortstop Jeremy Pena. 136 games for him, and his numbers are very similar to Bobby Witt's. Uh, So 136 games, 253, 289, 426. So batting average was one point lower than Witt's. On base was five points lower than Witt's. And slugging was two points lower than Bobby Witt's. 22 home runs, 44 extra base hits, 22 walks to 135 strikeouts, and 11 of 13 on stolen bases. So he had a 101 OPS plus right there with Bobby Witt. Uh, But Jeremy Pena was worth 4.8 war. And it's because Jeremy Pena gave you plus defense at short. And we've had this conversation on, on the show before. Bobby Witt gave you average to slightly above average defense at third and gave you below average defense at short. So the difference you have here is Bobby Witt stole 19 more bases than Jeremy Pena, albeit with a lower success rate. Uh, Jeremy Pena gave you much better defense at shortstop than Bobby Witt. And so there's a lot of people who are asking, you know, why did Bobby Witt get a second place vote and four third place votes and Jeremy Pena only got two third-place votes. On its surface, depending on how you weigh steals versus defense, it feels like Jeremy Pena, in a vacuum, should have been the fourth-place vote-getter versus fifth-place. But if Jeremy Pena's you know, not happy about that, he can console himself with a World Series MVP trophy and a World Series ring. So, all in all... Great season from all of these rookies. Uh, Really felt like they all kind of 
hit grooves and, and did well this year. Obviously, some things that everybody probably needs to improve on. You'd love to see more power production from Adley Rutschman. You'd like to see a little bit less strikeouts from Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Steven Kwan, I uh, don't necessarily know how much power production you're going to get, uh, but you know a little bit more power production there would never hurt. With Bobby Witt and Jeremy Pena both, you're looking at maybe walking a little bit more and a little bit higher on base percentage. Uh, both of them were below 300 and on base. And then with Bobby Witt, you have the defensive question where, well, do you move him to third base or do you let him continue to try to figure it out at short knowing you may get below average defense until he does? In just a minute, I want to get to the National League. Uh, There's a lot more up in the air as to who would win even though we had narrowed it down to two guys. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. If, like, now that the holidays are coming up, this is a good time if you've thought about securing your home to go ahead and do it. Uh, right now, Locked on MLB Prospects listeners can order the number one, number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. It's the biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss it because during the holidays, uh, property crimes like burglaries, package thefts, things like that kind of spike nationwide. And so that's why the sales going on now versus Black Friday and in December, because they want you to be able to have that in place as we get into the holiday season. I have a Simply Safe system in my home. Uh, this is the third home I've had it in. Uh, I originally bought a small system when I when I bought my first house. And then as I've moved up into bigger houses, I've I've moved the system myself and added on to it. It's simple and easy to 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 install, simply simple and easy to add to or subtract to for something you don't think you need. And what's great is in an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents from Simply Safe use fast protect technology exclusively available through Simply Safe to capture critical video evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I will recommend. Get 50% off of any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Again, biggest discount of the year. Please do not miss it. Simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB because there is no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, so if we're looking at the National League Rookie of the Year voting, we kind of knew it was going to be narrowed down to two different guys. Uh, either Atlanta's Michael Harris or Atlanta's Spencer Strider. Uh, the winner was outfielder Michael Harris. Uh, he received 22 first place votes, eight second place votes. Uh, and what he did, he was called up on May 28th. And if you remember, he was called up straight from A, And this was his first year being in A. So he got, let, you know, Less than 50 games in the high minors before coming straight to Atlanta. But 114 games in Atlanta. 297, 339, 514. Actually the highest slugging percentage of anybody who got Rookie of the Year votes. 19 home runs, 49 extra base hits, 21 walks to 107 strikeouts, 20 to 22 on stolen bases. Ended up with um, a 135 OPS+. Plus, and 5.3 war. And Michael Harris getting called up was really one of the catalysts for the Braves turning their season around. Uh, they had been using Adam Duvall, slugger Adam Duvall in center field. And we've talked about this before. Uh, when you get those larger slugger types in center field, all of the extra running 
does havoc on their numbers at the plate. As soon as Michael Harris came up, he gave the Braves plus defense in center field. I feel like he was a, a bit snubbed as a Golden Glove, uh, as a Gold Glove nominee. I thought Michael Harris should have been one of the three Gold Glove finalists. But despite that, him coming up was able to let the Braves put Adam Duvall into left field. You had Ronald Acuna in right, who was still getting back into classic Ronald Acuna shape. And that was kind of the catalyst for Atlanta's season taking off and then being able to chase down the Mets, win another division title, and, uh, and go into the playoffs uh, with home games and able to skip the first round versus having to go on the road for a wild card round immediately when the playoffs started. So, fantastic contribution there. He beat out t- teammate Spencer Strider. Uh, Strider got eight first place votes. And 21 second place votes, not 22. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, no third place votes. So Spencer Strider, uh, they came out on opening day. He actually threw two and a third innings in October 2021. Uh, it was one of those kind of like auditions at the end of the season to see who was going to make the postseason roster. He ended up not being the guy they chose. They chose somebody else. Uh, came in, started off as a reliever, threw in 11 games in relief. And then, they, and then they converted him to starting. So 31 games, 20 starts, 11-5 record, 2-6-7 ERA, over 131 and two-thirds innings. 202 strikeouts in 131 innings to 45 walks. So 13.8 strikeouts per nine. Highest mark for any starter in Major League Baseball this year to 3.1 walks per nine innings. Had seven home runs. Uh, Ended up with 3.7 war and an ERA plus of 152. Uh, Both Harris and Strider signed extensions with Atlanta going long term as Atlanta loves to do. So did Julio Rodriguez, signed an extension with Seattle. And so three of of your four top vote getters in the Rookie of the Year races between the National and the American League have all already been extended Adley Rutschman's the only one who didn't get one, and I imagine those conversations are probably going to start pretty soon with Mark Elias in Baltimore. Uh, third place vote getter in the National League was Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals. So 126 games. He, de- he debuted on April 25th. Uh, 281, 394, 379. Five home runs, 27 extra base hits. 60 walks to 70 strikeouts was 2 of 5 on stolen bases. That was good for 4.1 war and an OPS plus of 126. And the big thing with Brandon Donovan is the defensive versatility. So he played 38 games at second, or he appeared in 38 games at second. You know, Nolan Gorman was there for a while. Uh, 31 games at third. Obviously, you have Nolan Arenado. Uh, Donovan came in in relief of him sometimes or started for him sometimes when he DH'd. 20 games in right field, 19 games in left field, 16 games playing at first base, either starting in place of Paul Goldschmidt or coming in in relief, uh, and seven games at shortstop. Uh, now, defensively, there were, you know, it, I'd say third base, first base, and shortstop were probably the weakest positions for Brendan Donovan. But in the outfield, second base, uh, not a single error allowed. So played above average defense at just about every position except for maybe third. 
uh, and then shortstop with such a small sample size, it's really hard to to evaluate that defense. But just gives you a ton of versatility. Got 22 third place votes, no first place votes, no second place votes. But a very, very useful piece for the Cardinals and somebody who is incredibly versatile because you can plug him in so many different positions. Number four vote getter in the National League, and I did not see this coming when I was doing these uh, Rookie of the Year reviews midseason as far as figuring out where guys would be. Outfielder Jake McCarthy of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Debuted, actually came up August 27th, 2021. So got some time last year, but played in 99 games this year in Arizona, playing uh, both left field and right field. 283, 342, 427. Eight home runs, 27 extra base hits, 23 walks to 76 strikeouts. Again, in 99 games, so not too many strikeouts. Uh, It was 23 of 26 on stolen bases. So 2.4 war and ended up with an OPS plus of 118. We've talked a lot on this show, both by ourselves and with our friend Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks, about all of the different outfielders coming uh, or the, the young core in general for the Diamondbacks, but all of the outfield prospects they have between Alex Thomas, Corbin Carroll, they've got Dalton Varsho, who um, either was behind the plate in relief of Carson Kelly or was starting in the outfield. And then you've got guys like Drew Jones in the minors, you know, just number two overall pick, Drew Jones. And Jake McCarthy has absolutely made the case that he needs to be considered as a full-time regular at the big league level. And so you almost have extra pieces. And so there's an option here. Somebody's probably going to get moved in Arizona. If you think about it right now, you've got three outfielders that could play every day in Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, and Jake McCarthy. You have Dalton Varsho, who can both catch and play outfield at an above-average level. And you've got guys in the minors behind them, as well as an infield that's kind of getting full already. Uh, you know, excluding the top prospects you have coming up behind them. So uh, a depth of position player talent. I know depth will always work itself out, but it feels like Arizona has some pieces to go out and make some key trades or two to figure out what happened. Jake McCarthy got four third place votes, no first or no second. The number five finisher on this list actually got a second place vote, and that's relief pitcher Alexis Diaz of the Cincinnati Reds. And so I'm curious to know who voted Spencer Strider in fourth place. Because he got, there's 30 votes. He got eight first, 21 second, and no third. Which means somebody voted him in fourth place. And I really want to know who that was. But Alexis Diaz, one second place vote. He debuted on opening day. This is the younger brother of Edwin Diaz of the Mets. 59 games, all in relief this year. 7-3 and three with a 1.84 ERA, uh, 83 strikeouts to 33 walks. So 11.7 strikeouts per nine, 4.7 walks per nine. Gave up five home runs, had a, a war of 3.1, and an ERA plus of 244. One of the better relievers in the major leagues this year. Did a fantastic job and is somebody who I absolutely can see uh, for four or five more years being dominant in Cincinnati, hopefully they're at the point where they're contending as he's getting closer to free agency and they can keep him as a key piece of that of that bullpen uh, and help them get back into contention. And just a minute, I want to talk about some of the prospects that are good bets to contend for Rookie of the Year 
in 2023. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You've got professional and college football, professional and college basketball. You've got soccer. The World Cup starts next week. Esports. BetOnline.net has just about everything. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so if we're looking at minor leaguers that can contend for Rookie of the Year, my favorite in the American League is Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. Uh, Came up, got a little bit of time late this year, still has rookie eligibility. Uh, Can play shortstop, can play third, can play second. I like the power being plus, as well as above average contact ability. And so, to me, it feels kind of... It feels kind of obvious that Gunnar Henderson is a guy that you have a team that's going to be able to contend. Uh, The Yankees may take a step back and they lose Aaron Judge. The Red Sox are down right now. The Rays are looking for left-handed power. The Blue Jays are the Blue Jays. They're still going at it. But Baltimore has a chance to position themselves well uh, for a run to the playoffs. And so having a lefty power hitter like Gunnar Henderson can do well. He got 34 games in 2022, so just under the threshold. 259, 348, 440. Four home runs, 12 extra base hits, 16 walks to 34 strikeouts, one of two on stolen bases. So struck out about once a game, walked just under half the amount of times, but he did that playing short, playing third, playing second. You've got a lot of options there in Baltimore, whether you want to put him, you can use Jorge Mateo at short and put him at third whether you want to put him at second base, let him play short every day. Lots of different places you can move things around. But I like the idea of having an Austin Hayes, a Santander, a Rutschman, all kind of guys who can give some protection around him. I see him probably batting second, maybe batting third, but being in the top part of your order and giving you a lot of quality innings. Uh, The Yankees, speaking of the Yankees, the Yankees have a couple different prospects that could play and contend for Rookie of the Year. I think the the main one we want to cover here is Anthony Volpe. Oswaldo Cabrera has already used his rookie eligibility. Oswald Peraza was up and played some shortstop in the playoffs, but they didn't trust him with the everyday job. And so the conversation is Anthony Volpe, either they're holding the job for Anthony Volpe, or he's going to move to second with Peraza at short. But either way, shows a very unique combination of power, contact ability, and speed. And in his time through the minors, he's put up some very impressive numbers, not only for the level, but for his age as he's moved through. And so provided he comes up early enough next year, which some of the rule changes are designed to to encourage teams to do that, Anthony Volpe is a guy who absolutely can contend for Rookie of the Year in 2023. Uh, Somebody who would have been a contender in 22 had he been healthy and been able to play all year, it's third baseman Josh Young of the Rangers. Uh, He had that that shoulder injury. He was supposed to be the opening day third baseman. He made it up late in the season, got a little bit of time at third base. But again, he's expected to be the the full-time third baseman next year. Got some of the kinks out of the way now. Got 200, he batted 204, 235, 418 in his short 25-game stint in the bigs. Hit five home runs, 
10 extra base hits, four walks to 39 strikeouts. Uh, two for two on stolen bases. So defense is, you know, below average to average, but he's there for offense, needs to work on the pitch discipline and, and the uh, pitch discernment a little bit more to have a little more, a little better chance of raising that walk rate. Four walks and 102 plate appearances isn't necessarily that great. Uh, obviously, you're looking at like a 4.2% walk rate, but uh, if he can bring that up a bit, uh, keep the strikeouts down and under control a little bit, you're looking at somebody who has the power to hit 20 to 25 home runs and be an integral part of that infield, especially when he's protected by guys in the lineup like a Simeon, like a Seager, like a Nate Lowe. Kind of a, a below-the-radar candidate, got a little bit of time with the bigs this year, but not enough to lose rookie eligibility, is Logan Ohapi of the Angels. Was traded from the Phillies midseason. They made a couple trades between those teams. Uh, I think think this was the Noah Syndergaard trade. But uh, probably the best prospect in the Angels system. Got only a taste of the big leagues. Five games, 14 at-bats. Went 286, 375, 286. Um, All of those were singles, no extra base hits. Didn't try to steal. Two walks to three strikeouts. But something where none of the catching options for the Angels are are entrenched at all. Max Stassi will be back given his contract. Kurt Suzuki will not be. And so Hoppy's got plenty of opportunities to play and play often. And if we can see some of his minor league production, uh, over 104 games in double A in 2022, he hit 283, 416, 544 with 26 home runs, 41 extra base hits, 70 walks to 74 strikeouts. If we see production anywhere near what he put up in the minors in Los Angeles, like for the Angels next year, he's absolutely going to be one of the runaway favorites uh, for American League Rookie of the Year because, as you can see with Daddy Rutschman, they love seeing catchers who have even just above average performance, uh, especially when you compare it to what a lot of catchers do. In the National League, couple guys I, I like real quick, mostly infielders, but the first one's going to be playing outfield. Third baseman and outfielder Jordan Walker of the St. Louis Cardinals. We saw him, talked about him all year, talked about him in the Arizona Fall League. He was hitting bombs out there, including in the home run derby. And he's coming into a lineup with a ton of protection, right? Arenado's in there. Goldschmidt's in there. You've got Donovan and Gorman. Uh, plenty of options to, to bat around him and give him opportunities to hit. You can't afford to pass Jordan Walker to let somebody like a Nolan Gorman come up to bat or somebody like a Goldschmidt or Arenado come up to bat. So he's going to have opportunities to, to hit and he's not going to be asked to carry that team. So I look for him to not have as much pressure as a lot of other prospects would have when they get called up to the bigs and he should be able to go out there and, and, and absolutely crush as well as play an above average outfield. Talking about making room for the young kids, third baseman Miguel Vargas of the Los Angeles Dodgers. There's been a lot of talk about whether Justin Turner's going to come back or not. I believe it's a club option on his deal, but he he looked his age at different times this season, struggled a bit, and so there's absolutely an opportunity there for Vargas to come up, take the starting third base job, and run with it. Uh, plus hitter, plus power, And again, another lineup where you've got tons of protection because you've got Mookie Betts, you've got Freddie Freeman, you've got Max Muncy. You may, in fact, have a guy like a Judge 
or a Swanson or somebody else in now. I mean, there's tons of options for LA to go out and get guys and add them to that lineup too. So tons of protection. Another guy who won't be asked to carry the team offensively. And then we get last two kind of pulling a 2022 Braves here on the same team. But third baseman Brett Beatty of the Mets, catcher Francisco Alvarez of the Mets. Uh, Beatty, there was a couple different options for third base in New York. Beatty was the first one they went with last year, hit a home run in his first game up, had an elbow injury, missed the rest of the year. Should be available uh, and ready to play next year. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about his defense, his plus defense at third base, combined with a very good power. So provided that he's fully healthy and he wins the job, I imagine there'll be a lot of competition for that job, but he wins the third base job, look for him to have the potential, again, with plenty of protection in the lineup because you have guys like Lindor and Pete Alonso to do well. And same thing for catcher Francisco Alvarez. Very, very talented defensively, uh, but offensively a plus hitter behind the plate and somebody who can give you a lot of offense as well as play almost every day uh, and give you steady leadership behind the dish. Catching Max Scherzer, and some of the other good pitchers they have in New York, whether or not they re-sign to Grom. Remember, if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at, at LockedOnFarm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. <laughs>